One of the most important numbers you need to know for your personal finances is your savings rate. And your savings rate is just how much of your annual income are you saving on a percentage basis. And based off of this number, you can really quickly figure out your financial health. It helps you understand how many years you need to work until retirement, how financially stable you are. You can figure out your budget based off your savings rate. So this is a really powerful number. Yeah, and what's really shocking is that if you were to ask the random person out on the street, what is your savings rate? Most people won't know. Like they yeah, don't even no know clue. what is a good number versus a bad number. No. But chances are it's probably not high enough. And it's the harsh truth. America has a savings problem. If you look right now at where we are savings, the average person is saving just over 4% of their personal income. And when you look across all developed countries, this is we're one of the lowest. So yeah, 4% <laughs> is just not enough when you truly look at the numbers and break it down. No, so ideally you wanna be shooting for a 15 to 20% savings rate. That's easier said than done. I think that's fair to say. Right? Yeah, Save absolutely. 15 to 20% of your income, one fifth of your income you're gonna be saving away. Yeah. But if you have any types of dreams of retiring, retiring early or being financially independent, you've got to at least hit those numbers, in yeah, my opinion. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, this savings problem has been trending down, unfortunately. It's been getting worse. When you look at the historical average for the U.S. since the 1950s, it's 8.9%. So right now we're hitting 4.1%, yeah. and we've been on this slight trend down. And the reality is if you're saving 4% of your income, it's going to take you 24 years of savings just to save one year of your expenses. Yeah. So after five decades of working and saving, you've got two years of retirement saved up. Now, of course, you can invest that money and that can grow, but mm -hmm. you simply can't rely on that. You can't yeah. just hope for an amazing market to no, get you to be, retirement. You're going to be living off of Social Security, yeah. basically, in that situation. Which it is. One third of or retirees. Or, or yeah. something. One third yeah. live off of only Social Security is their only income. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, to go from 8.9% in the 1950s down to 4% today, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of different factors as to the reason why that is. You know, cost of living has gone up. Mm -hmm. Tax rates have tax rates gone up. Now, they've actually gone down. Yep. So I think people have just gotten to this mindset of, you know what, like there's always going to be a tomorrow. You know, I'm always going to be bailed out by my kids or the government or whatever. And for some reason, it's just all the way down to 4%. So we're big advocates in trying to take your own finances in your own hands and trying to improve that number because this is probably the most important number if you're still working. Yeah, by far. Absolutely. This solves yeah. so many things. And it's one of the few things you can control. You can't control the economy, can't control no. markets, but you can try to control your savings rate. And if you do look historically again, right now, just over 4%, you do see quite a big blip in 2020, 2021, where oh, savings rates chart. hit yeah. all time highs. 33% is what it hit during that time period. That's normal. Right? That's normal. 33%. Yeah. So we've got a couple yeah. of things going on, right? We've got stimulus yeah. checks going out. Yep. And as well, we also have lockdowns to where people just can't spend as much money. We're not traveling, not eating out as much. So it is possible mm -hmm. to get this savings a little bit higher, but that time period was definitely a unique time. So if you're trying to think about how many years do you have to work to get to retirement, using your savings rate is the best way to do it. Mm -hmm. And you want to, yeah. you're not just going to be saving into cash, right? You don't just want to save your money, put it in a bank and ignore it. You want to invest it into some type of asset. Yeah. And so if you break it down and you take basically... Um, rules on withdrawal rates and rules on average annual growth of the stock market. Pretty conservative, I'd You can say. really get average a good understanding, right, of yeah. how many years am I going to have to work. So if you were to look through it, somebody that's saving 10% of their income mm -hmm. and their account is going to grow at 7%, so they save 10% of their gross income, they invest it, it grows 7% a year, it's going to take you 44 years of working to retire. 
That's 10%. This is double. I think that's what the average is right now. So, I mean, there's a couple of assumptions. So if you're, let's say you're 20 years old and you're saving 10% and you work for 44 years, 54 at a retirement age, that's not too bad. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But that's assuming you're saving 10%. Starting at that age. Many 20 year olds that are saving 10%. So if you are young and you are earning a decent income, save because time is your friend. Yeah. <laughs> time is definitely your friend here. Absolutely. Because you double that all of a sudden you save 20% our ideal target for most people to shoot for. Shoot mm-hmm. for 15 at the start, but you really want to get to 20. Yeah. That moves it down to 33 years. Yeah. 33 years. So and that, that feels right with a 7% annualized rate of return and a comfortable 3% withdrawal rate. So the reason why we chose that 3.3% withdrawal rate mm-hmm. is there's ex- there's a very, very high probability that you will never run out of money yep. with a 3.3% withdrawal rate during retirement. Yep, absolutely. And because you're gonna have a very volatile market, your portfolio is not gonna grow at a constant 7%, it's gonna be going up and down, right? Markets are a little bit volatile. There's a lot of wiggle room with that number. So you're not gonna be forced to take out too much of your principal during down years. Yeah, so. yeah, and you'll see if you go through, like for example, top 1% of earners in America. So that's somebody that's earning over $550,000. They're saving on average 38% of their income. Now that can be skewed by, you know, somebody earning $550,000 might not on average be saving 38%. Yeah, I would guess not. Somebody earning two, yeah. three million, which are gonna be part of that survey, much yes. easier. But you can see if you look at 38 to 40% savings rate, you're retiring basically in 2021 20, years. Yeah, yeah, that's, it's, so that average is a big number, right? So we're not taking median, we're taking mean numbers here. And so that 38% average savings rate that's got to be skewed for the much higher income earners. Yeah, like you but said. it is possible. We've seen it. I do think a good target if you are earning 500 plus thousand in a year, I think 25% is a good target in that income Yeah, I'd say 25% is a good target. 38 might be pretty aggressive, especially in a high cost of living place. You're living in California, earning 550. Yeah, if you're living in New York. Taxes, housing, we've already just lost a whole lot of money right more away. More than half. Yeah, a yeah. lot of it's gone right <laughs> away. So yeah. I think that's important to keep in mind. Um, but then you look at then the next 10%, so basically 1% to 10, that's somebody earning over 175,000 mm-hmm. in the US. Um, that average savings rate is 15% yeah. for that group. I think yeah. that makes sense for that salary. That does make sense. I mean, you would like for that to be a little bit higher. So 15 yeah. to 20% is kind of our, I like the 20% number. Yeah, I'm you with know, you. I, I, I feel like that you have a lot more flexibility with your life if you're able to save that option. But you know, again, it depends on where you live. Now, yeah. the shocking stat is what happens to the rest of the people? So we talked about the top 1%. We talked about the 2 to the 10%. What happens to the bottom 90% of earners? Nothing. They no saving. On average, there is no savings for the bottom 90%. Now, again, it's skewed. We know average income in the U.S. We know there's a lot of people earning under $40,000, $50,000, and it's going to feel almost impossible to save anything at that salary, right? It doesn't matter where you live. Um, I think it. a lot of people can feel bad when they hear about target savings rates, right? And people are saving 38% of their income. But if you are earning $50,000 as a family, you've got kids, it's really hard. Like, how how are you going to save? Because your expenses... Are, are fixed, right? Housing yeah. is only, is gonna cost at least so much. So is transportation, so is healthcare. Mm-hmm. There isn't much wiggle room, and I think the trend we see on the CNBCs of the world is skip Starbucks, don't make avocado toast, thinking that that's gonna move you to financial independence. Yeah, that's not gonna move you to financial independence. I mean, it's 
If you're living paycheck to paycheck, yes, those little spending things can add up over time and give you at least some breathing room. But if you're truly trying to save 15%, 20% and trying to make a real big impact in your long-term financial plan, bottom line, you just have to make more money. Yeah. That's, I mean, your income drives everything. And a lot of people don't really talk about this, but the more money you make, the more options you have, the more options you have, obviously that gives you the ability to make really good financial decisions. Yep. If you're not making that much money, you really don't have those options. Yeah. So it's all about trying to set yourself up for success, getting into a high paying career that often involves education and training and experience. Mm -hmm. And you know, those are the intangibles that we just can't cover here on a short little YouTube video. Yeah, it's tough. But I think it's frustrating though for people yeah. to hear the continual save your way out of it, cut expenses because Cutting that 350 yeah. coffee is not just going to all of a sudden change your life. It, income, it's income driven. Yeah. And that's why I think you see that. And you need your that, coffee. And you need your coffee. That's, that's, what, that's what gets you going. <laughs> when you yeah. have, the, when you look at that 2020 to 2021, that 33% savings rate, again, one of the big things was families got stimulus checks and their income all of a sudden went up and they all of a sudden were able to save. So a lot of this is really income driven. You got to just yeah. figure out the way to maybe boost your income somehow to try to improve that savings rate if you are in in a certain salary range. Yeah. So let's talk about how to actually calculate your savings rate. So it's a pretty simple calculation. So all you want to do is keep track of actually what you are saving, whether that's into your checking account, your 401k, your IRA, your brokerage account, something. You take those numbers, whether that's a monthly number or an annual number. I personally like an annual number. Yeah, me it's too. It's going to be I prefer a annual. little bit more precise because mm -hmm. sometimes your income is very lumpy throughout the year. And then you divide that by your income. So again, so your total income is going to include your salary, your bonuses, any type of profit sharing, commissions, whatever. And again, that annual yep. number is going to be a lot more precise because your income may be pretty volatile month over month. And I think you should write it down, track it. Hey, where am I saving into cash? Am I saving to a bank account? Am I putting it into pre-tax into a 401k? Am I mm -hmm. saving into an HSA or an after-tax trust or brokerage account? And that way you can categorize where things are going, like how much of my savings is going to each tax category here. Yep. And then you can track it and you want to monitor this on a quarterly or annual basis to really see because as your income does grow, you want to make sure that you're improving your savings rate, right? Because if 10 people came to us and they said, how much should I save? We have this ideal of 20%, right? Get to 15 first, then really get to 20. Mm -hmm. But depending on your income, we're going to say that might be phenomenal savings rate, or it might be really low. If you're making seven figures, 15% is not a good savings rate. You're burning through cash way too fast. Yeah. So I think if you start categorizing this and track it and really set goals with it, it's really important. And again, it helps so much. For example, I don't budget. I just have never liked to do it. I have a savings target. I hit that savings target and then I can spend the rest on whatever I want. It doesn't matter if it's dining out or going mm -hmm. on a trip, not that bothered by where it goes because I'm hitting my savings target. Um, yeah, that's important. Yeah. And it's such an easy ratio to calculate. Like that's what's the beauty about this, right? It's such an important number, but it's not a very difficult number to come up with, right? I love it. It's one of my favorite metrics whenever we look at the financial health of an individual or a family. Yeah. And yep. it can number really one. say a lot. Just that one number can say a lot about an individual's spending habits, depending on how close they are to retirement or how far away they are, about where they're at financially. Thanks for watching. Again, my name is Ryan. This is Peter. And we run a financial advisory firm called Bull Oak Capital. If you want to learn more about how we help our clients achieve true financial independence, be sure to check out bulloakcapital.com.